Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Runner Retreat, the podcast where we talk to the runners that inspire, influence, and educate you on all things running. I am Matt Wood from Run Through Events, and I'm with my co-host, Lewis Moses from New Levels Coaching. Right, Lewis, welcome back to another Runner Retreats podcast. It's been a while, hasn't it? I know it has been a while, yeah. It's been busy though, hasn't it? It's good because it shows that things have opened back up and things are back on, especially for you guys with events and, and us with retreats. But yeah, it's been a long time and we need to get back on it. So we've we've set it in now. We've done we're doing one and that's it. We're back on it, which is great. Yeah, we've committed to it. But yeah, like you said, we've been busy over the last few months uh, from the new levels coaching side of things with the run through side of things, but also we did our first uh, run a retreat at Loughborough uh, last month. Um, how did that go, Lewis? Oh, it was amazing. Yeah, really good. You know, when you have like a vision, like, you know, we, we've, I did the introduction talk and I said, Matt and I came to Loughborough, as did Ben, Gemma. We've got so many connections at Loughborough. And you look at Loughborough when you've been here for years and you don't really see it for what it is because you've got used to it. But then when you bring people here, you realize what an unbelievable place it is and what an unbelievable venue. And just seeing everything we had envisioned come to light over the weekend and the fact we got ridiculously good weather helped because uh, I'll say it helped. It was 30 degrees for a track session. So I'm not sure the runners would agree (laughs) with that. but it was just incredible, surrounded by like-minded people who want to, wanted to learn, want to be inspired, want to improve. And to be honest, I think we all came away from the weekend as staff as well, feeling inspired. What kind of stuff, like what were the main highlights for you then at the retreat? The trap session was a big, big hit. You know, we, again, we take for granted as trap runners that we're always on the track. You know, we don't even bat an eyelid at it. But people coming away from it saying, Oh, I've ran in the Paula Radcliffe Stadium. You know, I've ran, I've ran in the, on the same track as people like Paula Radcliffe, Seb Coe back in the day. Uh, and then they were looking at Strava and looking at, you know, the, the segments they've got on Strava and saying, oh, Jess Judd is, uh, you know, she's the local queen of this track because she's done so many laps. And, and, you know, that was just good to look at because Jess was preparing for the, te- the 10K and the 5K at the Olympic Games. So she'd done so many laps of that track and then they were getting to go on the same track as people like Jess, who's an Olympian from this year. Uh, So the track session was brilliant. Lactate testing, you know, giving them an insight into that, which, you know, we discussed previously about the importance of that, showing them understanding the physiology behind performance. They were all a little bit nervously excited by it but in the end they're like that was amazing you know to get that insight into what physiology looked like that for me was the biggest standout of the weekend but there was so much I could talk about can you describe actually what happens in lactate testing for someone listening that doesn't know what that is yeah so obviously lactate is is a byproduct of, of what we produce the energy that we we use in the body lactate is is kind of a bit of a, a myth, really. People think lactate is a bad thing, but actually we need to generate lactate in order to, to, to perform. It's an energy source. So what we're looking there is what levels of lactate are being produced by the body. And what you expect is the level of lactate to rise as the intensity of the session ramps up. Now, most runners, general runners, you find that they go off uh, too hard in sessions, too hard in races. You know that from your ultra. Um, (laughs) But particularly over the shorter distances, you can see a a really big, sharp spike of lactate early on within a session or or a race. So what we were trying to do 
is give people an understanding of what actually happens in the body, how that lactate level rises in the body, and actually take measures at different points within the session. So we took one at the start of the session to show what that lactate level is when it's resting, which is really low because you're not producing any lactate because there's not a demand for energy. Um, then uh, we, we took one after what we call the tempo rep. And what you want to do, see is you want to see that rise a little bit when it's a, a, a tempo, but you don't want to see a huge spike. So we're teaching them how to get that right, that pace level, that effort level, and keep the lactic at the right level. And then we introduced some faster reps towards the end to really spike that up. And it was really interesting. Some people nailed it and they seen this lactic curve just go up throughout the session. <laughs> some people spiked it too soon. You know, uh, it was really good because I know we'll come on to this in a second, but we were saying, why did you go off too hard in that tempo rep? And people were saying, well, you know, people were here. I felt like I had something to prove in front of the coaches, in front of my peers. Um, I was on the track in a new environment. And we said, well, isn't that just what it's like on race day? You know, isn't that what happens on a race day? Now imagine that in London Marathon or Manchester Marathon or one of the run-through events where people are still on the start line, surrounded by people and the crowds are back. That's why people go off too fast. So we were trying to teach them that and show them this is actually what happens in your body when you do that. So obviously, if you're going off too fast and that lactic level raises so quickly, you're going to have that in your system for the whole time you're running, which is obviously going to affect you as you move later down the line. There's been so many times in track sessions where you have a go at it early doors and try and do a fast rep or... Like, like you said before, even doing like a longer distance race and going off too hard in a marathon or something, it really does affect you. But the interesting part about doing the lactic testing is just showing people from the perspective of an elite runner how that works. And that's something that we're going to work on in the luxury retreat we have in the Lake District, which is coming up in September. So September the 17th to September the 20th in the Lake District. We're going up there. Me and you, Lewis, will be there. It's going to be, it's, it's a beautiful surroundings on, on the banks of Lake Windermere. Oh, stunning. Yeah, absolutely Can you give it stunning. an insight into some of the stuff that will happen at that retreat that may be different to the performance retreat? Well, firstly, Dave got mega excited. Dave is our physiologist within the team. And we obviously ordered now our own portable lactates testing <laughs> system. And, and I sent Dave, everybody. Yeah, <laughs> sent Dave a photo of it and he was like, is it weird that I'm really excited by this? <laughs> I won't say what my response was. It was rather rude. Um, but uh, <laughs> so lactic testing will be there. But other things that will be slightly different. So obviously the Loughborough retreat was performance focused, wasn't it? We wanted to really focus on performance. What does it take to take your performance to the next level? Whereas the Lakes is a little bit more, a bit more like our slogan, really, run, relax, repeat. So we're going to be focused on uh, re recovery strategies, how you recover well, how you are re relaxing, how you're resting. Um, what does your daily life look like in general? And what sort of things can you do within your day to improve? So it's not always just about the training. Yes, we'll be doing lots of training there, but it's looking at what do you do around the training that can also help with your performance. Now, that's not just for elites, because I find... Um, the runners who I work with, who I would describe as club runners or fun runners, because they do it for the enjoyment purposes, not at the elite level, they sometimes take their recovery more seriously. And they look at things like nutrition, which we'll look at. They look at sleep and, and how to improve that. They look at the things that they can control, and that can lead to better performance. So 
big focus on that in the lakes, but also things like open water swimming, which obviously we couldn't do in Loughborough campus. Yeah, we actually had people going to the pool at Loughborough, though, which is amazing. They got to go in the Olympic pool, which is incredible, but it's a bit different, isn't it? Swimming in Lake Windermere and doing your, your yoga on the side of Windermere. Let's hope it doesn't rain. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it was fantastic when we went there for, to, for a recce of it the other week. And the yoga in the morning on, on that, that patch where we can look out on the lake would be absolutely fantastic. But some of the stuff that we're going to be doing in the uh, luxury retreat in the Lake District is kind of relative to what people might be going through in terms of preparations for their marathons, which uh, we know that London Marathon is now in October, Manchester Marathon's in October this year anyway, and London Marathon next year. So people who might be listening to this are kind of coming into that period of time where it's, you, you need to stop thinking about maybe relaxing a bit and easing down your training schedules. So what are some of the things that in the last month, and this is just kind of a general question about coaching that might be useful for, to people, what are some of the things that you can do on the lead up to those big marathons around those scheduled in runs that you have? Obviously, you've got your longer runs that you need to be doing to make sure you can hit the distance and the other training you've been doing. But what are some of the little hints and tips you can give from an elite athlete perspective on to kind of hack that? It's a really good question because I feel like this is a crucial part for crucial part of the the build-up for marathon runners right now it's probably their biggest volume they, the intensity may drop slightly but it's certainly their volume will be ramped up right now before they go into the taper and I always say to the athletes who I work with and, and you as you know I coach Gemma my wife and she's training for London and I said to her on these big days these big volume sessions your big long runs we need to make sure that you've not got nothing planned in you know you've got to be recovering around those sessions but even as simple as you know if we're so on tuesday night she had a big session she was doing six by a mile off two minutes float recovery so it was about seven and a half to eight mile in volume that session uh, and she was running that average in just inside six minute mile in 550s big session tough session uh, Tuesday night that's good we know straight away that she needs to recover after that so we've thought about during the day what's the meal going to be after that session what are you going to be able to eat have you got your recovery shake in the house you know have you got your protein and carbs ready to to get into you but around that as well you make a really good point Matt is if you're training so hard, what does your lifestyle look around that? And are there things you can do to help with that training? So I say to people, I can plan the best training schedule in the world. I can plan the hardest training schedule in the world. But that training schedule is planned in an ideal scenario. You know, if your rest's right, if you're recovering right, if you don't play ball, we'll probably have to alter that schedule a little bit. And that's fine. You can be flexible with training, but you've got to think about those little things that you can do in between. Hydration, really important. Practicing your fueling right now on your runs. Are you practicing your gels? Don't turn up on the day and just start wolfing gels down in London that you've never tried before. So loads of little things that can go into it that people can start practicing and, and doing right now. Do you think, obviously, those things you mentioned there are things you can control, but things you can't control in terms of things that you have in your life, um, children, social commitments, that sort of stuff. I know it's pretty hard to put like a, a damning no to all nightclubs <laughs> and no dancing and that sort of thing, but there are minor changes and it does involve a few sacrifices sometimes because, for example, if you've got the London Marathon coming up, in two weeks time if you're out the week before for example 
uh, having a few drinks until midnight, one o'clock in the morning on a Friday or a Saturday, that will have a negative effect on the performance the week after. I know it's good to have a good balance in life, but as a lead up to a big marathon, which you spent a lot of time training for and investing your time into over a probably like a four to six month period, like what are some of the things you can try and like maybe reasons you can give to people to make it feel okay to do that? Well, it's balance and perspective. I always think a key word. So balance, you've got to have a healthy balance with your training and your lifestyle. You know, you've got to look at what you want to achieve within that as well perspective you know it's not like um some some of the elites are very good at relaxing you know they may even have a, a pint the week before or they may have some downtime because that keeps them relaxed which is good we talk a lot about perspective you know why are you there why are you doing it who are you doing it for um there's you know there's a lot going on in the world right right now we're surrounded by negativity particularly if you turn the news on because it's always negative um so it, it's sometimes people get worked up in this in this period of time as well. It's about perspective. You know, it is just a marathon. It is. We call it. It's a long run. It's a 20 mile long run with a 10K race on the end. Um, <laughs> and we try to bring that back to the athletes who we coach just to give them that perspective of, you know, this is why you're doing it. But it's not the be all and end all as well. So do enjoy yourself within this period. But on the flip side of that it's not like a 5k where you can just go and run one the week after again marathons it's a huge build-up you've got to enjoy the build-up to it you've got to enjoy the investment that you've put into it and the process but then when you get to the day it's that one chance for you to nail it so you know if you are there the day before the or the friday the saturday before sunday marathon and you're thinking about walking around somewhere like berlin for two days to go and sightsee maybe have a think about whether that's going to be the best thing for you to do before the marathon like what are your priorities berlin's always there you can go back to berlin for a sightseeing trip but you can't run berlin marathon every single week of the year so I always think focus on your priority. What have you trained hard for? What do you want to get from it? Have that balance and perspective. And then usually you can't, you can't go wrong. Look, everyone, everyone makes mistakes. We know we can talk about this because we've been there, we've done it and we've made the mistakes ourselves, which is why we know (laughs) we've, We've been out before on a night on the tiles, two weeks out and it's affected our performance, but we've regretted it, haven't we? That's, Mm. that's the thing a lot of the time. Yeah. A lot of the time, even more recently for for my perspective, I was, I think I mentioned on the last podcast that I was doing like 50 miles a week. And I did that, I think it ended up being 50 weeks in a row of 50 miles a week, which is, is pretty good for me considering and done much before that. And it ended with an ultra marathon, but the two weeks leading up to that, I, I decided to ease things down. So I would like mentally so I could be okay to win this, this run. But what that's, what that's done with me, the easing down part has switched my mind to relaxation mode. I even went on a holiday as well on the two weeks before it, which didn't really help, I don't think. I was too relaxed going into this ultra marathon. I'd just eased down too much. I honestly think if I'd have kept my training going, and obviously the ultra marathon itself was 54 miles. So I didn't run that week <laughs> leading up to it. So I hadn't, my legs were rusty. I should have done something. I was just kind of being a bit naive to it. And I do think you can go too far the other direction and be too 100%. relaxed about things. So yeah. some of the stuff that you guys will teach at New Levels Coaching is, is and obviously on the, Run of retreats as well is some of the tricks and hints you can do to try and like I said before hack that process to make sure you're still alert to make sure you're still relaxing but make sure you have a balance yeah the tape is a really interesting part of the training program I feel a lot of people have to experiment with it before they get it right 
But I do think you're right. I think a lot of people taper down too much and go into relaxation mode too soon. So people talk about a three-week taper, four-week taper. We like a two-week taper. But within that two-week taper, volume stays pretty high. You know, I, the, the week out from the marathon, most of my athletes will run between 10 to 30 miles a week out. Uh, and that, that the week before that will be pretty normal in terms of volume. The intensity will drop. But the volume, you don't damage yourself too much by just running easy, running volume. And then in the week of the marathon, you know, there's still three or four runs in there to keep yourself ticking over. But you're just not damaging the system. You're not smashing yourself in a session. But like you say, you're avoiding that rusty feeling of I've done absolutely nothing here. Like you want to get to the marathon fresh. Absolutely. But let's say, Matt, for example, you've been doing 50 mile a week, which you were. If you do 25 miles in the week of the marathon, um, you know, obviously you, if you're training for a marathon, not an ultra, like that's 50% less volume than you have been doing. It's a heck of a, you know, a heck of a drop off. Now people will say, yeah, but you've got the marathon at the end of it. So it's still going to be a, you know, 50, 51 mile week. But if you look at it relatively, even in a six day window, what have you been doing in that six day window compared to what are you going to do in the week? And when people do absolutely nothing, I just feel like there's one, there's too much time to think about things. Yeah. So people get nervous. Maranoia is a big saying, isn't it? You know, people start thinking they've got every Maranoia. injury under the sun. Maranoia. Oh, God, yeah. You know, the amount of people who think they're injured in the week of the marathon, then you speak to them after the marathon. You say, how was that injury? They say, oh, I never even thought about it the whole <laughs> way around. It's like, yeah. My mum did that. She, she did the London Marathon on, on the way to the marathon walking the day before she pulled a calf apparently then the next day she ran a marathon so yeah it's yeah it's not been that bad it's, it's just, amazing the brain yeah. it's amazing what it does to you yeah it plays it little tricks with, even from the elite perspective like elite elite racing on the track i, I used to find myself that the lead up to a, an event was the worst time for me like when i got there on the day it was fantastic because i knew what was coming up but the three or four days the anxiety you get before it because you're thinking about it again and again you're not doing the normal volume of training which means that you you're sleeping better you you feel like satisfied with you what you did that day that week leading up to it is probably the worst time for it and like i don't know how to distract yourself if you if you the volume's completely reduced and you're having like two or three extra days off but like you said if you're still doing bits you're still doing a bit of core work you're still keeping yourself stretched keep yourself hydrated you've got things to focus on so reaching out to a coach who knows these things is probably a good idea you, you often see people trying out a brand new diet the week before the race like carb oh, loading without any loading. real knowledge on how it works and, and why you do it there's method to it and you eat more food than that before the race than you would do normally but then on the race day you've got a sore stomach because you've, you've done too much of that so exactly exactly keeping things relatively similar to, to what you have done normally on the lead up to a big marathon race is only going to be beneficial. Like I'm, I'm not a nutritionist. I must stress that, but I've worked with a lot of nutritionists in my time and we have nutritionists come on to our team calls before marathons. And we constantly tap into people like Debbie Cutman, who's brilliant, Louise Sutton, brilliant nutritionist who work with some of our elite athletes. And the whole carb loading thing is a complete myth because if I just put it as simply as I can to people, like if you are in a normal training week, like Matt doing 50 mile a week and you're eating uh, your normal diet, okay, then you're fueling yourself enough to deal with that 50 mile a week. Your carb intake is, is high enough to deal with the 50 mile a week. Now, when you go into a taper, if you drop that to 20 mile a week, 
and you keep your normal diet, you're going to have a heck of a lot more carbs in your system already because you're not burning them off because you're not training as much as what you usually would. So you're automatically carb loading by tapering. So then when people, like you say, Matt, go above and beyond that and start going, right, pasta party the night before, I'm going to smash that, <laughs> and I'm going to have it for lunch, and I'm going to have it for dinner. And then they work, wake up on the morning, and they're bloated. That has to sit somewhere in the system. So the carb loading thing, be very careful with it. Trial your own strategies. You know, there are certain things where you could add a little bit more carbs on there, but I certainly wouldn't be doing it as, as much as people do because it just sits heavy on the stomach a lot of the time. The people, people who tried that stuff out, like back in the 1970s, 80s, like Ron Hill, I've read both his books and in that he did do carb loading, but he was like making himself a deficit with carbs for a good period and testing this out routinely in, in his racing. So he wasn't just doing that for the marathon as the only time in these Commonwealth Games or the like European Championships or something. He was doing this in smaller races, in micro-dosing of it, before he got to the big championships. And he knew it worked because he did it the right way. He was actually a scientist as well. So all this stuff factors into it. And then that stuff has become like mythology in terms of the running world and past the parties and that sort of stuff is just kind of taken off because it makes sense because the best athletes did it, Ron Hill, that sort of thing. But like you said, you can't do it if you haven't done it before. And if you're going to do it, you need to do it multiple times before the actual occasion of the race itself. Yeah, you need to you need to practice everything. Like we say, strategies beforehand, you, you're fueling, the, the fueling on the day. And and what fits for one person doesn't fit for all either. You know, what run hill? I think, you know, people read things in books a lot of the time. Um, classic one, barefoot running. People read about barefoot running and think, right, that's for me. Like, it's not, you know, even the author of the barefoot running book said he wishes he never wrote the book because so many people follow his advice and then got injured as a result because it's not for everyone. And you have to, (coughs) excuse me, you have to kind of train yourself to do those things. So my best advice is practice. We call it the four P's. Practice, prepare, plan, and then get your pacing right on the day. The four P's. That's our little motto for things. But that doesn't just happen on the day. It starts now. Like you've still got to London four weeks on Sunday, five weeks till Manchester. That's plenty of time to practice, prepare, plan it all out, map it all out. And then the final key to that ingredient is get your pacing right on the day because you can do all that stuff. You can do all the training. But if you get your pacing wrong, that's all undone with one decision. So that, that would be my final bit of advice on the marathon. Right. Fantastic. Okay. So we're going to wrap this up today, but thanks for chatting to me, Lewis. And we'll see you. I'll, I'll see you at the uh, Lake District Retreat. Yeah. What's that? 15 two days? Weeks, two weeks now or something. Yeah. I think we, like for the first one we're doing, we're happy with the, the kind of numbers and got, I think we've got a space left on, on the actual retreat at this point in time, but um, if anyone listening gives a shout, but if not, we will see you probably in next month time. Let's put in the diary, Lewis, so we definitely get on and do it. Yeah, and we can talk all things workshops, which we've got coming up, which is exciting. One day workshops, so more people can access coaching and and different things that we've got planned for 2022. Now things are opening up, fingers crossed it stays that way. But yeah, it's good to get back on, Matt. It's good good to get back on the bandwagon. (laughs) Nice one, mate. Right, we'll speak soon. Cheers, buddy. Hi, guys. Hope you enjoyed the Runner Retreats podcast with myself, Lewis Moses from New Levels Coaching and Matt Wood from Run Through UK. We've got plenty more episodes to come where we'll be joined by special guests who are going to provide an insight and plenty of inspiration from the running world. So stay tuned for them. And if you want to follow us on social media, you can do so. Look out for New Levels Coaching and Run Through UK and also our very own Runner Retreats UK. 
okay, we hope to see you again soon and we hope you enjoyed the show.